the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Last night I tried some raw oysters. I want all my picks back and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. I am Dre Fogue and I'm the transfer. Coach, show them just in case they don't like your jacket. Can you go buy another one, Coach, if you need one? Hold on. We'll get it. Errant Rogers, E-R-R-A-N-T Rogers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Back Judge Podcast. Hopefully, we're, we're changing up our, our recording mediums here. So we're hoping that this can be a pleasant audio experience for, for yourself. We're hoping that we end up getting to hear our recording in the end, but who knows, really. But nevertheless, nevertheless, nevertheless the boys are on the line here. Yeah, we got a lot of money now at the Back Judge, so... We're in a nice, really comfy studio, and it's it's great. It's great that we have this new equipment. <laughs> um, so we're going to be reviewing week three, previewing week four. Week three, very much an upset week. A lot of teams coming through that we didn't expect. Redskins, Bills, Lions. Uh, anyone else I'm, I'm missing there? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I know the Falcons lost a, uh, Titans. I throw the Titans, Titans in there. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. That's yeah, a good, that's a good point. And the NFL kind of got turned upside down uh, last week. A lot of, like you said, club, I think that Bill's Vikings game alone was probably the biggest upset I've seen, uh, in my biggest, watching career. It was the biggest ups- upset since 1995. Biggest underdog yeah, spread, spread. Uh, being a 17 point underdog. And it's like not even that they won, but they they would have covered a seventeen point spread on, yeah. on their own. <laughs> the other way. Yeah, the other way. Um, yeah, and just I don't know if you want to start with with that game because that just game was so shocking. But I mean, it's not even that the Bills won; it's just in the fashion that they did win, and how the Minnesota's defense and just the expectations that I had for them, really between them and Jacksonville being the two best defenses in the NFL, and to see them have that kind of performance. It's just really disheartening. Um, and also, I got to give some props to Josh Allen, who I have uh, been critical of in the, in the draft process and have seen as a bit of a, a project quarterback in the same league as Lamar Jackson, but just played a, played a pretty good game and did make some mistakes, but his physical tools were on display, and it was uh, an impressive outing. Yeah, I think this was just way more of a disappointment for Minnesota, really just coming off uh, a tie with Green Bay in a really hard-fought game, impressive showing from Kirk Cousins, and coming back to Minnesota for their second home game of the year. And they thoroughly controlled the first one against San Francisco. And everyone assumed that this was kind of going to be the lock. Our whole survival group is now non-existent because of this game. You know, all the uh, football heads were, were saying that, you know, this is the biggest lock of the year, I guess, so far. And to just show up with a flat performance and essentially really not put any points up on the board is just really – surprising uh, for me, but I guess not for Vikings fans because I think this is kind of a a panic mode for them in the way seeing, having the expectations they had for the team this year and seeing them have that type of showing against Buffalo, it's mind boggling, but it reminds you that the NFL is a week to week league and uh, everyone's just trying to go one and oh. Yeah. And Jerry Hughes too, he had some insane stat that he had 13 quarterback pressures or something like that which was just unbelievable to me. 
Tredavious White shut down Stephon Diggs. Yeah. So I think that this was almost the form. It's almost like this was the formula for last year for the Bills is that we're going to play you tough on defense and our offense. Josh Allen didn't make any too many incredible throws. The offense just did what it was supposed to do. And I mean, honestly, this game, it was one of those games where if you're watching red zone, it's on there in the first like quarter, but then you're just kind of watching the score waiting for the Vikings to come back and they just never did. So Props to the Bills. Good on Sean McDermott for writing the ship when uh, no one else really believed in them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's talk about the Saints Falcon game. The I was I was on my little Saints Island out here, and they they restored faith in 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 my Super Bowl prediction at least a little bit. The defense still really really shaky, but I mean the Falcons have one of the better offenses in the league, and the Saints just won in a shootout. Yeah, man, and that was a really tough game for Atlanta, too. It was an absolute shootout. They were just trading blows back-to-back, score-to-score, and um, the Saints just happened to be the team that got the ball first in overtime, and they took care of business, which is not an easy thing to do. Uh, And very impressive, honestly, offensively from the Saints, but kind of more the same on defense, like you were saying, Clef. And this Atlanta team, I think there's a few things to be worried about here, just with their injuries on defense, losing Deion Jones and Keanu Neal and then Ricardo Allen this past week. I just think that the Atlanta definitely has some work to do defensively now with all those injuries. And, but the, uh, the silver lining definitely is still the red zone play calling and the ability to score points. Uh, the Falcons have proved that they can do that with just about anybody in this game. Yeah, and a huge, big, finally, Calvin Ridley, after having a, a pretty good game in week two on the win, getting a touchdown, he, he exploded for three touchdowns. And I, I mean, I think 170 yards or something like that. So. Uh, it's good to see that that Falcons offense is starting to pick up a little bit, but I completely agree with Lee about their defense. Uh, they lose, they just lost Ricardo Allen for the rest of the year. And now you're going to have to, some guys are going to have to play and it's just their defense is going to be tested. But club to your point on the, on the saints, the saints, uh, this is a game that I think they really, they really needed to win. It's going to help their team a lot in terms of confidence, getting a nice divisional win and their offense, you know, coming out on the, on the good side of a, of a shootout. So I think it's a reassuring win for New Orleans. Lee, is there a game you want to throw out here next? Um, I guess the first game I'd throw out from the 1 o'clock slate uh, would be Broncos-Ravens. I I was a little interested by that game, and I kept my eye on it because it was the only game that I really felt like I had no idea who was going to win. I picked the Ravens just because they were at home, and I was was relying that they'd clean things up after – uh, and, uh, you know, an underwhelming Thursday night loss against Cincinnati. And they really did. Baltimore put up 27 points and kind of not that the Broncos have been world beaters this year, but they were 2-0 and coming into Baltimore. And, and uh, the Ravens kind of stymied their offense a little bit and, and didn't really allow them to do too much and looked like they were controlling the pace of the game at home. And it was just reassuring to see from the Ravens as a as someone who has them winning the division for them to be able to host a, a team that is 2-0 and and may not be as good as their record states, but control the pace of that game and get a, get a solid home win. The Ravens, I mean, they, they handled business after what was a, dis- a disheartening showing yeah. on the road against the Bengals on Thursday Night Football. I think I'm not going to make any proclamations about the Ravens at this point, but I feel more inclined to say that it was just the Thursday Night Football bug. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much – how much stock you can really put into teams' performances, especially ones that are traveling uh, for Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, and this is a team, I, obviously, the, the Steelers hung on to win in Monday Night Football, 
But there, I, I think going into December, they will be in the mix for that AFC North uh, championship. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Clef. And I think the Ravens kind of always have they're, – they're just not as consistent, I think, as you would like them to be in games. Uh, where they're, they're just going to have a couple losses that you have to give them, and you're just going to have to trust that they're going to at least be in the mix at the end of the year in the AFC uh, just because of the type of football that they play. I'm going to drag us to Detroit where – at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time in Bosworth, the atmosphere was, uh, was electric. It was palpable. It was. There was, there was magic in the air. There, there really, A'shaun was staring us down on the wall. In, I'm, in a, I'm in a classics class right now. We're, we're learning about uh, the Iliad and Achilles. And we're learning a lot about fate. And let's just say I think Crehan's fate was sealed. He knew it was sealed when he was making those chicken tenders on the stovetop. <laughs> He felt I mean, the sealed when he walked. He felt the energy when he walked in, and he didn't. And he didn't say a single thing from then on out. It was he was, he was a silent. He was a quiet little mouse over here. Say, uh, the, the Lions didn't. They, they didn't only hold held the hold the lead all game. They held it from the minute Aiden walked in that Bosworth apartment. That's when the Lions got the lead, and they held it until the clock hit triple zeros. From a more analytical standpoint, just. As a Lions fan, for me, this game, it doesn't make me say, oh, the season is back on track. Like, they're going to go contend for the NFC North because you still got blown out by the Jets. You still lost to the Niners. Um, But what I think makes this game different for me is that the, the product that we saw on the field is the product that we've been hearing about that we've wanted to see from a Bob Quinn GM led team for the last three seasons. It wasn't a Matthew Stafford comeback win in the fourth quarter. It, it wasn't, it wasn't any of that, that. That's the only formula that the Lions have had to win games the past three seasons. And finally we saw a game where they controlled the ball. They ran a thing, a running back ran for over a hundred yards and they, they had the ball for 40 minutes and, and control this game from in and out. I've also got, I got quite concerned when, the Lions started with the ball through the pick and the Patriots scored the touchdown in my head. I'm like, here, here we go. It's, it's falling apart in the third quarter, but the Lions come right back, score a touchdown, never even let the Patriots have a, have a thought in their mind that they're back in the game. And just really over an overall impressive win for Detroit, even if new England may not be at full strength, may even not be the new England teams that we're used to seeing uh, throughout the past decade. Yeah, this definitely was a great win for Detroit. I definitely think that a part of it, um, they needed this win really badly. Uh, the run game, like you were talking about, the fact that Carryon Johnson finally had that game for just for any Lions running back, obviously the first 100-yard rusher since uh, Reggie Bush did it back uh, in 2013. But just the fact that they were able to control the ball, like you were talking about, Clef. And a big, big thing for me was just their defensive line was getting after Brady um, without Ziggy Ansah, who you thought, you know, was just probably the, the pivotal part of that defensive line. Their defense looked really good, um, and it was, it was an impressive win for the Lions, even though I will say that I do believe that this Patriots team, uh, this, this team was – they were missing a lot of players, Straight Flowers, Patrick Chung, Eric Rowe. Um, so the, I don't think this was the best Patriots team that we're going to see all year. I think it's ridiculous Honestly. to short sell the win, man. At the end of the day – Belichick came into your house coming off a loss, and he's got a one-and-one one record, primetime, 
you're zero and two, and you and you beat the Patriots. Yeah. Tom Brady was playing, Bill Belichick was coaching, but, and the Lions controlled the game from the beginning to the end, and were the better team. And yes. I, I just think that Patrick Chung, Eric Rowe, and and and, and, and okay. Flowers weren't the difference. I don't think that that was the game. I don't well, think that I'm had anything saying, to do my, with the my, game. My bigger point, my bigger point is that they're still a one and two team. They have to both. I mean, we're, I'm sure we're going to get into it when we start talking about Week Four, but. Both that game for the Lions and the Cowboys is huge next week. And the Lions schedule, then they have to go play Green Bay. They need to be – I mean, they, they need to get some wins here. This needs to be the start of their season getting back on track and not just a, a good win. This is just where the hard work really starts, I think. And I'm not sold yet on them going forward. No one – Clep just said he's not sold. None of us are sold. We're saying it was a great win. It wasn't like any other win the Lions have had in the past three years, basically. And, that's, and that has nothing to do with Chung or Flowers or anyone else. It has to do with the fact that, that they were a seven-and-a-half-point underdog at home, and Bill Belichick coming off a loss is, is you know, 16-1 and one if, or whatever. This isn't the turning point of the and, season. And everyone was coming for Patricia's head a week ago, and they beat the Patriots, and that's a big deal. And, and, and it should be – you're right. It is it's, – it's a small – it's a small thing. We shouldn't thing. short sell it, but we also shouldn't – like but I don't think any, I don't think anyone's overselling it. I think that we're just stating it how it is that that's an impressive win, and the Lions haven't done that in a long time, and it should be acknowledged. And 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 we're and we're already on to the next week, but still, that's a big deal that they did that because they were looking zero and three in that trip to Dallas, straight in the face, and now their season is somewhat salvaged by the fact that they were able to hold the Patriots off. And and you're right, this game, this week four game is just as important. But I no no one's saying that this is like anything bigger than just a win. Uh, or, or, you know, uh, a big win. So that's all I have to really say about that. But Do you want to talk about the L.A. Bully? Yeah, no, that was going to be my we, – we should all talk about that just because – I kind of wanted to do a – we kind of – the game I was going to bring up was the Jets and the Browns. We kind of – it was last Thursday's game. Yeah. Um, and I kind of think that was – that's a huge game. Obviously, the Baker story uh, is big and also – uh, Sam Donald did not have a good game. And I, I just think the trajectories of both these teams uh, this season, um, they're going to kind of come back to this game and to see what, what is Donald going to do next week against uh, – who, who do they play next week? Does anyone – can anyone help The Jets play the Jags, don't they? Yeah, they go, they go to Jacksonville and are going to be playing an elite defense in, in Jacksonville. And then the Browns go to play Oakland in what's going to be Baker Mayfield's first career start. Um, and, you know, Baker looked awesome in that game. Obviously, it was just, you know, one half or, you know, a half and a little bit against a team that didn't have tape against them. Um, but it was just, you know, impressive to see him just kind of take command of that offense uh, and really just give it a dynamic that they didn't have when Teron Taylor was there. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And that was that is a game definitely that was was fun. It got turned into a fun Thursday night thing where there was a comeback and it was the two rookie quarterbacks dueling against each other. But again, I don't think that we should take too much stock in the performance. You know, Darnold's a 21-year-old kid. He's going to make his mistakes. Mayfield came out and looked great, but I'm also very, very excited to see him travel to the Bay to play Oakland next week just because of how desperate Oakland is for a win. It's going to be at home and, you know, uh, that's definitely going to be interesting. But yeah, that was definitely uh, an exciting Thursday night game. As we move on to the L.A. Bowl here, uh, this is a game where us back judge, back judges, we, we were all big Chargers guys. And um, I guess, you know what, I'll be the first one to say it. I was wrong. I was wrong about this team. And I'm not going to I'm not going to oversell it and say I definitely still believe the Char this Chargers team can make the playoffs in the AFC. Don't get me wrong. 
But the fact that I said that they were they should get 13 wins, it's just an unrealistic expectation. It was just me going. The team simply doesn't have the discipline. They don't have the they don't have the confidence. They don't have the uh, attention to detail, and they honestly just they seemingly really don't have the mindset and production to win that many games. And that's why they haven't been able to do it for the past, you know, uh, six years or whatever it is. So I don't, I don't want to go on a big spiel here about how the Chargers are nothing, but there were a few plays in that game against a very good Rams team that, um, that really made me, made me uh, lose a lot of faith in this team. They're not a team that's easy to root for as someone who picked them to go to the Super Bowl, And just a lot of amateur mistakes from this team that, you shouldn't be seeing with such a talented roster that are very frustrating to watch as, you know, a threesome here that believed heavily in this team. So Rams thoroughly dominated the game. Look, every part of the, of the wonder boy, Sean McVay brain baby team that everyone made them out to be. Uh, and, you know, Clef and I could have really um, swung for the fences on that one and missed hard as the season goes on. If the Rams keep playing this way, but handled the heck out of business at home. And there's no excuse with Joey Bosa. I mean, obviously he makes your team a lot better, but this Chargers team is, has way too much talent defensively to be letting up 35 points. And a real quick last note I'm going to have about this game. I know I'm dragging on a little bit here, but one specific play is the Derwin James interception in the end zone, huge momentum shifter. He decides to try to take it out of the end zone and, and gets, you know, goes out of bounds at the half yard line. And the Chargers offense gets the ball at the half-yard line, and, and they end up getting a punt blocked that turns into seven points for the Rams. You, you, just, you, would, get, you would get benched on the Patriots if, if you did that. And I know he's a rookie, and, you know, he, he has – but you got to coach better than that. you got to know situations better than that. And it just seems, too, seems all too typical Chargers to make mis- mistakes like that. It's like, who's the last team in the league that you would want the ball in your own one-yard line? Something bad is going to happen. It's the Chargers. You're, you, you just – it's that culture there. So uh, – very disappointed, but kind of back down to earth with this team. Yeah, yeah the Char- I mean, I- Chargers really seem like a team that will win the games that they should and they will lose the games that they should. They're not really going to, you know, blow one. And I mean, I mean, not that they haven't blown games in the past, but I would just trust them to beat the teams that they're probably better than and lose the teams that they are not better in. And they're not really going to pull off some massive upset. And the Rams just seem like they're as good as advertised. And We'll see what they do in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. But I, I mean, on that point about the Rams and their two losses now have been against the Rams and the Chiefs. So, I mean, maybe this could just be those are the two best teams in the NFL right now. Um, and I mean, we'll, we'll see how well, the season progresses if that turns out to be the case. But I mean, I think that's kind of a, a bit of a silver lining. Yeah, I get what you mean totally with the Rams and the Chiefs. But it's also like if you watch the games, it's just like very. There well, are so many opportunities for this team that they're not taking. And I don't care who you're playing. If you miss those opportunities, you're going to lose games against anybody. I think and, we I think we overrated their defense uh, a little bit. I mean, I think we thought that wow, the Chargers have a really good offense. We know that, and now they basically have um, a piece at every level, and may, maybe they have some weak linebackers. But this really has the makings of just a shutdown defense. It's going to be really good this year. And they haven't shown that so far. And how much is that due to Joey Bosa not playing? I guess we're going to find out when he comes back. But uh, it's definitely, I, I think that is a little bit of a silver lining. But, I mean, it's just those losses could look better as we look on in time or they could look worse. So we'll have to see. Tommy, you were talking a lot of smack about my Seahawks. What do you have to say now? Um, 
Take a bow. No, why don't you, no, why don't you take a bow, Tommy? I'm a, well, from the Cowboys, from the Cowboys perspective, I just don't know what to, what to think. I mean, if their offense, if, I mean, even in the Giants win, when they played it, when they beat the Giants, their offense was better than it was in both losses. But even if, if that's the height of their offense, uh, then this is going to be a six win team, team like you guys both were talking about before the year. And I saw some other stat that I know, I, I don't know if you guys have seen, but about Dak Prescott has only thrown for over 200 yards once in his last 14 starts or something like that. So that is just inexcusable. Um, and I, it's starting to look like the Cowboys are going to have a top 10, definite top 15 pick, and they might be trading up and trying to get a quarterback because I just, obviously they don't have great weapons around to make this, uh, you know, elite hyper-productive offense, but I just, the offensive line isn't playing as well. Linehan is just not a good play caller or offensive coordinator, it looks like. And while their defense is playing well and well enough to keep them in games, uh, their offense is just sputtering and is one of the, our, arguably is the worst offense in the league. So I didn't really see that coming. And uh, this game against the Lions this weekend is just for both teams is paramount and, and huge. And one of these teams is going to be one and three, I guess, running out of it. And I think that could be the nail in the, in the coffin. Can hardly hear, I can hardly hear what I'm or believe what I'm hearing here. With the, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, to be honest, it's just, I don't know what else to say. I, they have to, is their offense going to keep up with the Lions? I mean, we're going to have to, they're going to have to show us something that we haven't seen yet. And you can only put so much stock in that. Our boy is smelling the roses here. Let's, uh, let's do a little fire around. I'd just like to give a quick shout out to the Dolphins and Stephen Ross for uh, making that yep. prophecy come true. <laughs> The, the battle of the owners, uh, big win for the Finns. They're 3-0 and heading to play the Pats next week. That'll be an interesting one to at least score watch. I, I think I'll probably still pick the Patriots, but I'll be watching that score and, and tuning in in the fourth quarter if that thing's close. Yeah, as will I. It's a uh, big prove-it game for both teams. Uh, it's, I mean, it's hard to think that the Patriots are going to be 1-3 and and the Jet Dolphins are going to be 4-0 undefeated at the top of the AFC East. So that's definitely going to be a great game. Um, I'll do a fire round. Quick shout out to everybody in the NFC East, except for the Cowboys, not to be dis even disrespectful to the Cowboys, but just to make a point about how the other three teams in the NFC East all took care of business in, in interesting positions. Uh, the Giants on the road in a, you know, two desperate teams between them and Houston with playing uh, Deshaun Watson, always going to be tough with that high powered offense. But real quickly want to say that Bill O'Brien could be the first head coach fired this year because the Houston Texans, look like absolute garbage and I'll be the first one to admit that I was wrong I didn't I never thought their offensive line was good but I thought it was at least formidable enough to be the 20th or 18th to 20th best middle of the pack maybe below average in the league you guys shut me down pretty quickly on that and you guys were definitely right about that that offensive line is bad enough that all the weapons on their team don't really matter Probably that much the worst offensive line in the NFL. yeah I, I find it hard to disagree with that then the the Adams Redskins I know they were at home, but still beating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is no easy task. They're now 2-1 and one with a solid showing at home, 31 points for them after only kicking field goals the week before against the Colts, who traveled to Philadelphia on Carson Wentz, uh, coming back for his first game since the bad ACL injury last year against the Rams. And the Colts really looked like they were in position to win that game a couple times, and the Eagles kind of took care of them at home and shut them down in classic Eagles fashion. Uh, defensively and with Wentz, you know, delivering when it matters. So 
those three teams all with pretty impressive wins this week. Uh, my little quick fire round is a RIP to my NFC projected division winners, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I'm I, right there with you. I, I, we finally get the first major injury of the year. It was kind of, we were waiting for it, and it sucks that Jimmy G is not, is going to, still yet to play a full NFL season uh, after he tore his ACL this uh, Sunday in that shootout with the Chiefs. And I mean, I'm not, even if he was to stay in this year, this team still, I think, has a very bright future. But they obviously are not better than the Rams right now, even with Jimmy G. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to give an RIP to my prediction of them winning the NFC, NFC West. And uh, go, go C.J. Beathard. Get, get, get that connection with, uh, with George Kittle going again. We have, um, we have to watch the, the 49ers in prime time, I believe, five out of the next seven weeks. Wow. So that's not going to be fun at all. No. So uh, anyways, let's move on to – Previewing week four. Now, I, I thought the, the the week three slate was was is better than the week four one. I think one of the marquee matchups though is a is this Thursday night football game between the Rams and the Vikings. I I don't know if I, I believe I'm zero and zero and three on Thursday nighters. Are, are you guys as well? Yep. Yeah. Club, you picked the Brownies last week, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't quite recall. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're if you were to Tommy and I are both zero and three, and we all, we pick the away team every week. So now I'm in an interesting position here with this with this uh, Thursday night game. I want to real quickly say, give credit to Joe Fortenbaugh over at the the Sharp Six Hundred, get hitting me with the stat. I, I don't know if the number is exactly correct, but it's something like in the last twenty years, uh, or since like nineteen ninety five or something like that, teams traveling over 2,000 miles and through two time zones on Thursday night or on a short week are like something like one in 18. So he was saying that the Rams are like basically a lock and that, uh, you know, like you can, you can seal it in right now. But this was before Minnesota lost that game to Buffalo. So I think there might be a little more impetus on the Vikings side to really be disruptors on this Thursday night game and get a much needed win because a loss here on Thursday against a really good Rams team on the road traveling as far as they're traveling can leave them at, you know, one win, two losses and a tie four weeks in, which is, you know, not what you want to be having as a playoff team that's spending a ton of money on a high profile quarterback after, a, you know, an 11 win season. So I think this is a, a, a big, a much bigger game for the Vikings than uh, we have presumed it to be after all, assuming they beat the Bills. So this is definitely an interesting position for the for me and Tommy after losing three straight weeks on the road team. I'm not gonna drag out who my pick is in this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Rams. However, if you're the Vikings, I think you almost it's it might almost be better for them that they're playing on Thursday night. That you just get to put that Bills game behind you so much faster, mm -hmm. and it's just it's just on to the Rams. And we have an opponent in four days, and last week sucked. Let's get better, but. I think this could be a great opportunity for them to just really put that Bills game behind them, especially if they win. They'll feel like their season's right back on track. On the flip side of that, if the Vikings lose, you got to be sitting there thinking, we're 1-2-1. One, and one. The Lions have a pretty winnable game against the Cowboys. The Packers have a pretty winnable game against the Bills. We might be after what was a very Bears, promising man. week one. Yeah, and, and, and the Bears are 2-1, and one, and after we blew that game against the Packers, you're, you're kind of behind the eight ball. Uh, pretty early on in the season and after what was after week one you looked like you were right where you left off and 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 then some with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback 
Yeah, I completely agree, Adam. And I literally just looked. Next week, they got the Eagles, too. So it doesn't get any easier um, for this Vikings team. So I completely agree that a win or a loss this week is going to kind of define the trajectory of the, this team season moving forward. So, then, Tommy, who are you picking? Uh, I mean, I'm probably going to pick the Rams. But, uh, I mean, before – before the Bills game, I was going to pick the Vikings, but now I kind of think I'm going to pick the Rams just because the Rams, uh, I just think, are the smart pick, to be honest. I would love to see the Vikings win, but uh, I think the Rams are the smart pick. Lee, why don't you uh, throw a game out here for us to talk about? For uh, next week here? Yep. Uh, one game, you know what? I'll be the guy to do it. A game I'm keeping my eye on is I think this is, I'm going to bring it up again, the Lions in, in Dallas, man. This is a game. And I'll be the, the guy to talk about the Lions here that isn't named Klepper. Is the, I think that I'd venture to say as a, a somewhat honorary Lions fan that the Cowboys are the Lions' most sneaky rival in the NFL. And I don't know if I'm Ooh. going on to say that. I, I, don't, the, I don't disagree. After the playoff exit in that fashion in, what was it, 2014, I think, and then uh, the, 2016, the 2016 primetime game where they looked, you know, like it was going to be a shootout in the first half, and then Jonathan Batamosi couldn't cover. You know, he. I, I know. They also stopped giving the ball to Zenner. Zenner they stopped. Yeah, Zenner. Yeah, Zenner, 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 had, Zenner was abducted at halftime. No, his 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 beeper <laughs> went off. He had to go do an emergency <laughs> surgery at halftime, and they no longer had any any options at running back. And as an honorary Lions fan, I'll again say one of the most disappointing Lions games I've ever watched. Rooting for that team is that game in Dallas. And then now you've got Stafford. He's from the Fort Worth area. The guy and I mean, and Lee, not to interrupt you here, but in the past, too, there was the, the week where Rob Ryan th- said that he would take any uh, Cowboys receiver over Calvin Johnson. And then Calvin Johnson went off for 320 yards and a yeah, touchdown beautiful. in the game where Matthew Stafford there. did the, the fake, you know, spike yeah. dive over the line. That's and right. then there was That's right. That was a great game. Yeah. No, yep. these teams, and then there was and then well, they, the year the Lions started out five and oh with uh, Jim Schwartz. They went to Dallas and had that huge comeback when Tony Romo fell apart and uh, Calvin had two touchdowns. They threw one up to him and the triple covered, and then they yeah, had to fade right. to him in the fourth quarter. We're so getting th- some these, these teams have classics it's, when they it's play a, each dude, other. It's a, it's a sneaky rivalry. It's something that I've been thinking about, and these teams are in positions where, uh, you know, this is going to be a very interesting game that Tommy and I have talked about a lot this week uh, as just one of those ones we're definitely going to keep our eye on, not only because we're fans, but just because of how much it means to both And, you know, I'll be the first, first one to say this is if, if the Lions offense is performing at a, at a level where they can score more than 21 points in this game, I think they're going to win the game. I think it's going to come down to if Stafford is not overthrowing his guys and he can evade pressure somewhat and keep the Cowboys D-line to, you know, maybe two sacks, maybe three, and they can put up more than 21 points. I like the Lions a lot to win this game in this position. I do not think the Cowboys – can keep up with them offensively. I've told Tommy all week, there's only so many touchdowns you can throw to Tavon Austin. I don't care who you're playing. And the only time this Cowboys team really impressed me was against a a dead animal in Eli Manning in the pocket on that Sunday night game last week. So if if Detroit can take care of business, I think this game is theirs to lose. Yeah. Also, another big thing is uh, Sean Lee is out for the next, you know, future. So Leighton Van Der Esch is really getting thrown into the fire and He's looked good so far in the, in the limited. Uh, he got a little couple more snaps uh, after Sean Lee got hurt uh, in Seattle. But 
Sean Lee had like 11 tackles and a half a sack in the first half or the first, you know, a little bit of the third quarter before he got hurt with that hamstring injury. So, it, it, you know, it just needs to be stated how much he means for this defense. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not looking good for, uh, for Dallas, especially with the, you know, the juju or at least the perceived juju that the uh, Lions have coming into this, this game after coming off a big win. Uh, they're definitely going to have a lot of confidence. My thing with this game, too, is that what we saw last uh, week with the Lions is that the only really formidable weapon that the Patriots had was Robert Gronkowski. Yeah. And they just double-teamed him every single play, and he had no impact on the game whatsoever. The only impact player the Cowboys have on their offense is Ezekiel Elliott. And I feel like the Lions can just focus all their resources on stopping him and then just go with one-on-one matches with everything Let else. Let Dak beat I you. Whole, yeah, Let, I feel holy – co- He hasn't done it in two years. Let him be yeah, here. so I'd, I'd feel Tommy wholly confident in that happening. The yards. Just the guy, he, hasn't, he needs to prove he can still win games as a quarterback. He hasn't done that in a while. This is like the whole thing here is it's not been working. So if Dak comes out and beats the Lions, then I'll be very impressed by the Cowboys. Be like, you know, they really can do something. But I just don't really see it happening because he hasn't been able to do that. So that's kind of the insight for the, for the game in Dallas there. How about you, Tommy? You have any games you're keeping an eye on? Here yeah, this week? my big game this week outside of the uh, the Cowboys Lions games is the Saints traveling to Meadowlands to the Meadowlands to play the Giants. Um, I think this uh, I think the Saints are really going to win this game. I'm like fairly confident that the Saints are are going to win. Um, I just think that one, the Giants don't have the defense to contend with the Saints' offense, and they don't have the offense to contend with the Saints' uh, offense either. Despite the Saints having um, a little bit of a down year on the defensive side and not really uh, putting a stamp on any game. But I like the Giants. They're three-and-a-half-point fa- – I mean, the, uh, the Saints are three-and-a-half-point uh, favorites right now, and I think they're going to win by that and some uh, in New York. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, that's the game that I have my, my eyes on. I mean, the, the Giants are coming off a, a nice win in Houston where they, they control the, pretty much all of the game. I, I just I don't think the Saints are going to come in though and, and lose to this team. I think the defense might find itself in a nice little get right game here against Eli. Yeah. Cam Jordan played really nicely, and I would be afraid of whichever tackle he's going up against. Although it should and be it, said, and it's it should be said that Chad Wheeler looked a lot better than Eric Flowers at right tackle. Go Trojans. It's still not it's still not great. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> uh, so I, I expect the Saints to win this one as well. Yeah, I mean I. As the as the Giants guy on this podcast, uh, the apologist trying to trying to look at it from the G-man perspective here. This is a win. This is a game that if you win at home, it can turn your season around, and you can uh, you can you can improve yourself to that 500 record, and you can you can tote the same record as the Saints going into Week Five of the season, which wouldn't be a bad team to be on par with. Uh, but you know, I'll be a realist here, and I'm going to try to keep my emotions out of it based on the product that both of these teams have put on the field this year, even with the, the, the crummy Saints uh, defense and, and pass defense, I, I don't believe that Eli Manning is going to be able to whip the ball around against anybody at this point. And I'm, I'm going to end up picking the Saints this week. And uh, not that I don't believe – I definitely believe the Giants can win this game. I still believe in the Giants as a team if things work for them. But as far as – what I really believe is going to happen, I, I got to go with the Saints in this one. They're just too good to let this one slip through their fingers, and the Giants haven't really proven that they can win this a game like this in a while. And Clep, Clep, if I could challenge you real quick, I want to have a little part two. Um, 
I kind of see the Seahawks traveling to Arizona, Josh Rosen's first start as a potential trap game for the Seahawks, and maybe the Cardinals can get the first win. Uh, what, what do you think about that? I think you're wrong. Yeah? So, I, I yeah. All right. I guess we could just leave it. I, I don't really have that much to say about the Cardinals being impressive because they haven't. Uh, and Rosen didn't necessarily have – I mean, this is this is this is the first game of the the Seahawks Cardinals bet. Yes. If you're is. unfamiliar, I'll do you one. Further. Me and I think that Tommy will the the Seahawks will have four more wins in the cards. So I'll do you one further here. Throw it in the prophecy, uh, Rosen. Three plus turnovers total. Ooh. I'm thinking two picks and a fumble. I like that. I'm going three plus turnovers. Frank, Frank Clark Rosen. coming around that edge. Frank Clark coming. I, I don't, not that I don't him. believe that he can be good. I still believe he can be good, but I just don't see him as being the type of guy to have a great first start. I feel like his first start might be a little messy, especially if with you guys the, don't, if, if you guys don't mind, I, I could do, a, I, I go a little twofer right here in, in, in some games. We don't mind. I, all right. So I'd like to start off with the, the Ravens and Steelers, which I think is the Fun, marquee matchup. matchup. Uh, marquee matchup of the week. Sunday night football doesn't really get much better than that. Steelers got a must-win game in Tampa. Winning cures everything, so I think it might be a little quieter out, out in the Berg this week in terms of just media tweets and, and stuff like that. I'm, gonna, I'm taking the Steelers in this one. I think this is a huge game. Uh, you know, all these divisional games are huge, but you kind of got to look at it at, in a full-season, you know, way. And I see myself picking this game – I like – even with how much I don't like the Steelers this year or didn't like the Steelers this year, they're still a very well-coached team with experienced players and good weapons. That's never something I denied. And uh, I, I guess, you know, I mean, going into this, I think that uh, this would be a huge win if the Ravens were able to pull it off on the road. But I, uh, I, I, I think I'm in a position where I kind of have to pick the Steelers. I haven't picked them all year. Or actually, no, I did. I picked them against Kansas City. That was a, that was a mistake. But I uh, – I, uh, I'm going to go with the Steelers at home in this one. I think this is a very important game. And I, I think the Steelers are going to be, you know, a mediocre team this year. But I still think they're going to be able to take care of these divisional games, at least half of them. And they'll drop a few, too. They already tied the Browns. So this is going to be a high-intensity game. You know, it's a huge rivalry in the NFL. So I'm going to go with the home team in this one, looking at it and predicting it for the first time here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm on the Steelers as well. But it, it's a tough call, man. I just think that. Uh, I don't know if the Ravens offense can put the Steelers uh, in a position where, I mean, I think the Ravens would have to kind of win this on the shootout. I see that the, the Steelers offense is going to get theirs kind of, they're going to put up at least 20 to 24 points. Um, I feel like every week. And I just think I'm going to give them the edge at home uh, coming off a nice win against Tampa Bay that they almost lost. And as I was watching that game live, I kind of was, expecting Tampa Bay to come back and win after having an awful first half. Um, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the Steelers like you guys, and I'm going to expect Mike Tomlin to have the guys ready for Sunday night football at home. So for my, my part two here, now that you guys don't necessarily have to follow along, but now that we're out of our survival group, my survival pick of the week is now going to become a little more risky. Mm, I'm with that. So I'm going to have a little bit more of a risky survival pick. And my risky survival pick for week four is the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. Wow. I think they, I think they're going to stop the Chiefs. I, I think Pat, Pat Mahomes is going up against his first real pass rush he's faced this season. 
They're not going to be able to walk over defenses like the 49ers or the, the Steelers have a terrible defense. The Browns, I'm, I'm sorry, the Chargers, their defense doesn't seem it's all cracked up to be. So I, I just – I think that they put up a nice little defensive stand. The, the Chiefs' defense is not that great either. Keenan can put up at least 25. And uh, this little Chiefs uh, fairy tale that they're on might, might turn, turn the other way here. Before Tommy comes in, I think he's on the other end of it, Clef. I'm going to hop in and say I'm with you, man. I've been eyeballing wow. this game all week. This is a game where, you know, we're both – I'm a Chiefs hater. I'll come out and say it. I've loved watching Mahomes all year. The guy's spectacular. But I'm with you in the way where I still think this is a bit of a facade here, you know, winging that thing around against these secondaries. I don't think that you're going to be able to go into Denver. They're a defensively disciplined team. They got a very good pass rush. It's going to be hopping Monday night primetime in Denver. You know, I know they lost to Baltimore last week, but they're still 2-1. and one. They're an impressive team at home. It's a division game. It's going to be high intensity. I love the fact that they're a home dog. I think they're catching five at home this week just because of how hot everyone is on the Chiefs. And, you know, the Chiefs are a very good football team, but uh, traveling on the road in division in Denver, I really – I think the Broncos are for real this year defensively, and, you know, I think they're going to give the Chiefs some trouble, and it'll be, it'll be a little more low scoring than we're accustomed to. So I like the Broncos in that one. And just to piggyback off of your survival thing, now that we're all out, I was thinking of – the risky survival pick of the week too. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'm just going to go ahead and say that mine's the lions in that spot in Dallas. I'm, uh, I'm going ahead and I'm putting the stamp. dogs, baby. I'm putting the stamp on the lions. I'm not going to set anything in stone, give any talk, any smack, put any hashtags in front of anything, but I'm going to go ahead and lock. No Issa raps. <laughs> no Issa raps. Just, just the survival lock of the week. I'm going with Detroit. I like, I like my money on, on the, on the lions this week. Uh, yeah, on that Chiefs-Broncos survival, survival, risky survival pick of the week, um, I, I'm impressed by the gusto, but I, I just like this Chiefs team. Uh, I just think they're better, and I don't – I mean, I, you're right. The, this probably is the best defense that they've played all year. I mean, it, it definitely is. But I just think Mahomes is for real, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, buying, I'm buying that stock right now. I think he's a much better quarterback than Alex Smith. I think he's a much more dynamic playmaker and football player than Alex Smith, and I don't think you're going to see the same – kind of drop off uh, that we saw last year. This team just got too much on offense, and I feel like they're going to turn it into a, uh, a shootout. And I, I like the Chiefs in it. Fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. And, Tommy, did you have a, a survivor of the week here? Yeah, I mean, since I'm, since I'm a survival pro, I would, you know, I'd probably pick the Saints or maybe the Falcons or even the Packers and double down on the Bills after they screwed me. But I'm going to be a little risky risky S And uh, – I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Bears at home as my survival lock of the week. Ooh. Oh wow! Uh, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna continue their nice little bow to play, and I think that uh, this defense is gonna give the Buccaneers offense a lot of hell. And you might be seeing Jameis Winston come in in the third or fourth quarter. And I, I like the Bears in this at home at Soldier. Very interesting, very interesting. And before we uh, sign off here, I want to run a little parlay by you boys, if you Ooh. don't mind. Go talk ahead. to my talk Two. to my advisors here. Uh, I, it's, I, you know me, I like to do my little money line parlays. I got a nice little five teamer here. <sighs> Lions, Seahawks, Browns, Saints, and Chargers, five to win 73. I love the last three. And I mean, I, I think, I think the Lions is, is a good bet, but, uh, I don't, I, I'm sorry. I like Baker as much as the next guy. I don't think the, I don't think the Raiders are going to start 0 four. I think that. 
They're, they've simply lost too many close games at this point. The Browns are traveling across the country. That'd be the one that I'd, ha I'd have on alert. I love the Lions pick. I think the Seahawks are going to take care of business in Arizona. I think the Saints, I wouldn't bet on them, but I think they're a safe pick in, in, in the Giant, against the Giants, and I can see why you'd do that. And I think the Chargers have no choice but to beat C.J. Beathard in, in San Francisco. That'd be pretty bad if they dropped that one. But the only one that I, I think I wouldn't agree with putting money on is I just think the Browns, even with Baker, it's like, are they just going to start winning now? Is this what we're going to be getting used to? And, and, and I think even with all he's getting, I like the way he calls plays. And, you know, there's been a couple bad decisions there by Carr. And, you know, I don't think that I'm ready to, to think that the Raiders are going to be the dumpster fire that everyone's making them out to be. I think that they can salvage their season somewhat by catching a win against a, a, a team that's not used to winning. I, uh, I like it a lot, Clef, and I'm going to counter what you just said, Lee, and I think that it's not even about Baker really being, like, he doesn't even have to be that great. I just think this is a really good football team. Their defense is extremely impressive. Miles Garrett is just a game wrecker, uh, like we thought he was going to be, and now he's really starting to show um, what made him the first overall pick. And I just like the way this offense is made up. Made up uh, you know, Jarvis Landry is just so great for a rookie quarterback, this type of safety blanket that he provides. Uh, and Antonio Callaway looks like he can be a really great deep threat and had a lot of chances in that Jets game. Uh, Tyrod un uh, overthrew a couple balls to him, and then they had, he had that underthrow to him as well. I just like the makeup of this, uh, this team a lot. They can run the ball. Uh, I just think they're better than the Raiders, so I like it. And I, I'm just a little skeptical of the Seahawks going into Arizona. Uh, I don't, I don't, this isn't the Seahawks team that uh, we've seen from, from the past. I just think that that could be a little bit of a trap game. Um, I guess it's, I guess it's smart to put it on the, on the five team parlay. You got five teams going, um, but that's the only one that I just am a little uh, skeptical about. One last thing I do want to say about the Raiders too, is this is their first opportunity to play a game at home since the home opener against the Rams and season opener against the Rams in which they really didn't have a chance once the uh, third quarter got kicked off. But they controlled so, the game. For, I mean, well, they, at least no, no, they did. Won. So I'm just saying if you, if you believe in the, in the swings from home and away, this is kind of the Raiders. The first home game since the Rams game. They're coming off, you know, two losses on the road in Denver and a tough one last minute. And then in Miami, one where they kind of crumbled in the fourth quarter. So I just think this is a Raiders team that obviously isn't very good. But I don't I do not think the Browns are as great as you're making them out to be. I think they're good. They're probably honestly better than the Raiders. But I just think that I'm taking the safe bet at home with the Raiders there. But, Clep, I think by all means you should fire on that if you believe in it because Alrighty. it's not often that you find the juice to uh, – What are your odds looking at, Clep? Have you put it in yet or no? Uh, it's it's 5 to 173. Woo! Put a 10 spot on that, boy. And, and if, you, if, you take, if you take away the Browns, it turns into 5 for 30. So I think the Browns are worth to keep in there for yeah, the value. It's a lot less what exciting are, without and, the Browns. What are the Browns on the money line? Uh, give me one second. Probably like 170. They're plus 125. Woo! I'm on that. I'm on that, Clef. Let's go, baby. You're going to bet always, always. Browns on the money line. <laughs> Brown Saints parlay. Mark it in. I think that's <laughs> Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Shouts out JP Shady, Charlie Brown, and self-hating white males everywhere. Shouts out. Yes. Shouts out uh, Crehan, man. 
I don't know if we can get some. I don't know if you saved any of the videos of Flep. I, I don't know if you have any content of Flep post lines win, but we need to throw this in. The I have I have con I have audio snippets of Crehan shitting on the back judge after after his ass got after his ass realized he was gonna be after his ass realized he was gonna be seeing God in the hole pretty soon. Once you realize that you're gonna meet meet Jesus in the hole, it's real easy to talk some shit about the back judge. <laughs> well, we'll throw it on in there with Stay Scheming. We don't, we don't, we, we'll we, put, go yelling on the back judge. What does he say? You're invisible tunnel or no one listens. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all I know is we have receipts, baby. All I know is we got the same record as the Patriots. <laughs> all right, boys. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Likewise, buddy. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon.